Morning, team. Nice to be company. Bouncing off the walls this morning. My favourite police constables out there this morning again. It's a, it's almost a stalking situation, it has to be said. Although, I did point out to the girls that the square was particularly quiet this morning. And they did say that when they arrived in the square, it was a little bit noisy. Surprisingly, move a police car in and it went very quiet. In other words, proving more police on the streets. More police. Do you know there's some horrendous stories in the papers today? There's such horrendous stories. Every, all I keep going through in my mind is there are three stories at the moment running which are stories of boys going out with girls who used to go out with somebody else. And then the trouble ensues. And we've had a case at the moment in the paper of a a young man who went out with a girl. Her ex-boyfriend didn't like him going out with him, so they murdered him. Then you had another case of some poor lad who went out with somebody, chased by a gang and stabbed. And then one of the sugar babes used to go out with somebody called Freddie Fuller. Freddie Fuller... Uh, is a well-known member of a travelling family. That's the politest way I can put it. Anyway, she didn't get on with his family very well, so she was attacked by a group of women from Freddie Fuller's travelling family the other day, and you begin to wonder whether or not the entire world has gone bloody stark-staring mad. You know, to try and find a decent story in the paper, to try and find something that puts a smile on your face, it's kind of difficult in this day and age. It is so difficult. I mean, it's, we, we, was, we were laughing earlier on because uh, Jim Diamond gave us all little face masks to wear. So we've got these face masks. And I'm seriously thinking of wearing it on the train. Because I reckon it'll be the only thing that guarantees you a seat. This and a little case marked, you know, recently back from Mexico. Cancun, what a fabulous place. I reckon you could sit in a carriage by yourself... And people would be going, don't go, and, and, and just sit there and go, <coughs> like that. You would clear a carriage in about five seconds. Nobody would want to sit near you. And you can buy boxes of these uh, masks. We can't work out how they work, though, to be honest with you. It's just a little bit of material. And it's, it's quite attractive. I've got it on now. Quite an attractive look. I'll put it up on the website later. And you can buy 50 of them for £22.50. Very shortly, all our police officers are going to be wearing them. It's going to look like an episode of Dr Kildare or Casualty out there in the square. It's going to be fabulous. But uh, I guarantee you, some, you're going to start seeing it. In Japan, people wear them all the time. You walk through through the streets of Japan, if you can afford to, and you'll see loads of people wear, pe- people on bicycles because of pollution. Now it's because somebody's come back from Mexico. Would you not be really, really fed up if you'd booked a holiday to Cancun and were looking forward to it, and they go, you're not going, because we're not flying you there, OK? Simple as that. You would be really fed up. Of course, the only two people that they've managed to find from Cancun at the moment, apart from the obvious ones, are uh, terrified Big Brother babes, otherwise known as that pair of old mingers, that Chantel Houghton and Chanel Hayes, otherwise known as, what do you do, girls? What do you do, apart from go on holiday and, uh, and go out with footballers? And that's just about it. In my day, my mother had a name for girls like you. Unrepeatable, of course, in this day and age, because now we have to be PC. Not me. I couldn't... I'm sick to death of people going on television because they're so desperate to be famous. And I hate to keep going back to nurses and police officers and people, you know, and even traffic wardens. I mean, who'd want to be a traffic warden in London? The abuse that you get, people spit at you. You know, police... Nobody's got any respect for the police anymore. I, I discovered this about 15, 20 years ago. I thought when I was younger, it was a bit different. You know, pe- you know if, if you're in trouble, you went to see a policeman. Or if a policeman came knocking at your door, by God, you knew you were in trouble. We used to live next door to a chief inspector. And I felt very sad. Nowadays, people go, oh, cop- you don't want to talk to coppers. You think, why not? I know loads of police officers, especially ones who buy me cakes. 
and those we like more than the others. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Angela says, the only decent thing that's guaranteed to put a smile on her face is you. I do hope so, because this morning I've, I've desperately tried to find, to find something in the papers that is going to make you smile. And there's not. There's even poor Brooke Kinsella's family who have to look at video footage, CCTV footage, of Ben Kinsella staggering round the back of a car, having been stabbed God knows how many times. And it's, it's just appalling. I mean, the only good thing that kind of sort of makes me feel a little bit better is that Posh and Becks have ditched plans to celebrate their 10th anniversary with a glitzy gala in Hollywood. Mainly because nobody knows who the hell they are. You know, it's very nice for us to get loads of coverage over here in America. It's only him that's famous. She, she hasn't done really very much at all. I know she's launching the clothing line and stuff like that. But even so, the only friends that they've got are the same ones they mention all the time. Jennifer Lopez, not that friendly, Eva Longoria, Katie Holmes and Heidi Klum. And that's it. There's nobody else around. You can hardly hold a glitzy gala in Hollywood. Because most of Hollywood will go, oh, don't be so stupid. Who are you? You're the wife of a footballer. Know your place. They never change it, do they? Britain's Got Talent is in crisis after the show's top acts threatened to quit over fears that Susan Boyle may have already won. I said to you before, I think the whole thing is just designed beautifully. I reckon that Susan Boyle was given a make-down, not a make-over, a make-down to make her look plain and dowdy. Because, as um, Jane Moore says in her column today, it's taken two days for her to get into the hairdressers. Obviously, she went, listen, I don't look like this normally, so I don't want to look like this now. She said on as many interviews as people can be bored with listening to that there's no truth in the fact that she's going to go to America because she's, uh, she's actually quite happy waiting to see whether or not she wins this competition. I'm telling you, she's not the innocent you think she is already. I know you think she walked in off the streets off an estate because we're actually paying her benefits for her because she hasn't worked for two years. But uh, believe you me, she's well calculating, this woman. She's well calculating. Do not be fooled by the little act, ladies and gentlemen. However, if you work for ITV this morning, you must be absolutely knocking on Paul's door and asking to use his toilet. Because there's a lot of people in the paper today, they say they're facing the axe in a huge shake-up on this morning. Now, I don't know whether you take this with a pinch of salt or whether you don't take it with a pinch of salt. It could mean, they say, the axe for ten regular experts. Now, I reckon if they're going to do this to this morning, and it's true, then the Alan Titchmarsh show cannot be far behind. They probably spend more money. But that's with the show's budget. These shows are budgeted. And they say, right, here we are for the year. This is your money. What you do with it is up to you. It's like producers here. You know, you, you get budgets for each different programme. And what, what you choose to do with it is up to you. If you choose not to spend it, you choose not to spend it. They'll take it away, give it to somebody else. But they've got a load of people here. They say, even Philip Schofield facing a pay cut. I would think that that was probably quite normal within the business at the moment. Lots of people who've got uh, contracts. Same as anything. Cheryl Baker was on Loose Women yesterday, and she was saying, you know, she's got a mortgage to pay. She's got to get out there, and she's got to work. It's what people do. And so... If ITV are going to uh, cut the budget of this morning, it's them reflected in the salaries of the people who work on it. And that means that they say you might see the end of uh, Denise Robertson. You might see the end of uh, Sharon Marshall. Please, God, I couldn't be that lucky. Could be. Uh, you might see the end of Phil Vickery. You might see the end of Alison Hammond. You might see the end of uh, Dr Chris Steele. All these people. I don't know how much they're going to axe the budget. The programme have said there are no plans to cut the budget. We want to revamp the show to keep it fresh. In other words, and this is how it works, and it works exactly the same in radio as in television. 
If all of a sudden the presenter of, say, um, I don't know, for example, say, this, this programme, me, we'll talk about this programme like it's not mine, but if, if, if Steve Allen decided to leave the early morning show on LBC, whoever came in to replace wouldn't want the same guests. They'd want their own guests. Somebody might put on, you know, I don't know, might put on sort of Jim Diamond or something, you know, perhaps doing doing marquetry for beginners or sort of, you know, something like that, or macrame baskets, you know, which could be quite interesting first thing in the morning. Look at painting, colouring in, or something like that. Anything, you know, you're going to do something different, wearing masks, you know, and even even designing new masks, which actually, looking at this thing, I think it could either be a jockstrap for the Chippendales, in which case you certainly wouldn't want to wear it on your face afterwards, but, you know, you could put it on your hat, on, on your hat, on your head, you could do all sorts of... It's multifunctional. But at the same time, how it works, I've got no idea. So that's what you would do. So, in other words, if they're going to bring in a new presenter for this morning, they're going to say, well, listen, I've got people that I've worked with over the years that I quite like working with. So they would go, yes, we do that. There's no point in working with somebody you don't want to work with. So when, when Fern goes, I think that they will, they will revamp the programme. You've got to keep it looking fresh. They are concerned that with an audience of only 1.1 million this morning has double the hourly budget of Loose Women which pulls in 1.3 million viewers. So, in other words, Loose Women is a cheaper programme to put out because you don't have to bring loads of people in. You've got two guests a day, which might or might not get a fee. Then you've got four presenters on the panel. One, two, three, yeah, four, four presenters who probably earn somewhere between, I would think, 550 and 750 pounds a programme. I would think that would be about average for that because there's a lot of... Pre- if there's only one presenter, then that would be different sort of money. But I reckon... A seven fifty would be about average for a presenter on on loose women, whereas you know that Fern earns seven hundred and fifty thousand pounds a year. Now I think that's fantastic money. To be able to compare it to radio, radio is the poor, the poor little person in this because there's nobody on radio that I know who would earn seven hundred and fifty thousand a year. I mean that's just an extortionate amount of money, extortionate amount of money. And if you compare it to the audiences, well then you, you certainly couldn't go for that. So that's why when they talked about you know, Chris Moyles, and said, oh, you know, he's far too expensive. For the audience he brings in, he's cheap. For the audience that this morning bring in, Fern and Philip are very, very expensive. Because if you're only bringing in an audience of a million, and you're paying about one and a half million pounds to two presenters, it's a waste of money. Much cheaper on, on loose women, because you're not paying the presenters hardly anything, diddly squat, but they're bringing in a better audience. And do people really watch this morning for Chris Steele, for Denise Robertson, for... I mean, some people here I've never even heard... Have you heard of David Domine? He apparently is this morning's gardener. I've never... Andrew Oxlade, consumer and finance expert. Never heard of him. Paul Ross I've heard of. Denise Robertson, Chris Steele, yes. Sharon Marshall, ghastly old bag. Can't bear it. The only woman I know that opens bottles with her teeth. And Phil Vickery. I mean, all these people must be on fees... And I would think the fee could be anywhere between 250 and probably £500 a, a, a throw. Plus there's a car there and back. So really, this morning could be broken up. And it's got nothing to do with whether ITV make cutbacks. It's to do with keeping a programme streamlined and making sure that it works, pulls in an audience and everybody's happy. The person you keep happiest is the presenter, the talent. Because if you've got a happy presenter, you can get anything out of them. Miserable presenter, miserable programme. This happy programme, happy presenter, love everybody. Quarter past five, great to be here. Love you to pieces. LBC 97.3. Morning, everybody, nice to be coming. Another feature in the paper today. I only mention this at the risk of upsetting just about everybody because I'm sick to death of being a bit PC. But here is the thing Robin Hood, they're thinking of casting a black actor as Robin Hood. 
And I'm thinking, but Robin Hood was white. It's like saying, we're going to do Nelson Mandela and it's going to be played by a white actor, Okay, Not blacking up, just a white actor. What would be the purpose of that? It's not historically correct, is it? In other words, you don't need to pander to people. They were saying the other day on the television that uh, that there have to be more more uh, black people applying for jobs than ethnic minor- minorities. And I thought, how patronising if you were black. Somebody saying, oh, you should really be going for this job. And they're going, why? I don't, I, I don't want to be a policeman or I don't want to be this and that. You should never force people into doing jobs. People say, you know, why aren't there more sort of black people in the theatre? Because predominantly black people don't want to go into the theatre. If they did, there'd be loads of people. A job should go to the person who does it the best, irrespective of whether they're black, white, pink, green, gay, straight, bisexual, lesbian. I couldn't care less. I couldn't. They, they could go out with chipmunks, as far as I'm concerned. As long as they can do the job, that's fine. 84850, steve at um, uh, Another one here. Barry says, are LBC doing any pay cuts at either end of the line? I don't think so. We have had cutbacks. But then every single person throughout the radio business has had cutbacks all over the place. Little bit here, little bit there. I'm the little bit here. You're probably a little bit there, I should imagine. Uh, And one here says, I'm off to Barcelona soon. They're picking up a celebrity cruise around Europe. Uh, Hope any Mexicans and uh, and Americans who normally go on the cruises are flu-free could infect the whole ship. To be honest with you, I wouldn't have the faintest idea if a Mexican was on a ship or not. All of a sudden, people are going to go panic-stricken. Somebody wrote in to Bill Buckley around saying, would you make jokes if 175 people, you know, you knew had died of this uh, swine flu? The, the last major pandemic we had, I think 50,000 people died. This is, this is a tiddly drop in the ocean at the moment. But uh, unfortunately, it's also um, the fact that it's quiet season. And being quiet season, they've got nothing else to write about in the papers. They've got nothing else to write about. So you've got stories like that. You've got stories of... Uh, I'm trying to find somebody who's remotely interested. Oh, and Peaches Geldof. What a dreary old bag, Peaches Geldof. I wish you... He said something very rude then, actually. I wish you'd off somewhere, you know, just go anywhere. What is, what is the purpose of Peaches Geldof? Total bloody waste of space. Total waste of space. Lots of pictures in the paper today of uh, Gordon Brown and Sarah uh, standing before uh, Europe's darkest hour. They went to... Auschwitz yesterday. It is a place where I cannot describe to you what it's like. I've never seen it. I've seen the book because Ivor uh, gave me a, a book to look at of all the pictures there. You can't believe it. I've also got a, a documentary on it as well. One and a half million people were killed there. It was it was just the most horrendous, if not efficient, killing machine I think the Nazis had ever invented. People came off the uh, the trains. People didn't know where they were going. I think people were naive. Uh, in the beginning, they said, OK, you're, you, you just go up that one there. And they went up these paths, and that was, that was the end of them. It was, it was just horrendous. If you were elderly or you were a child, you weren't much used to them at all. So uh, they just got rid of you. And unfortunately, people who worked at the camps, uh, other people who'd been taken off, knew exactly what was going to happen to them, but they couldn't say anything. Otherwise, the same fate would befall them. So the, uh, the Prime Minister went there, and he said nothing. No book, no film... No documentaries can prepare you for what you see here. Within our lifetimes. Within our lifetimes. And it's there now. And it's, it's a tourist attraction, but for many, it's, it's a place of, uh, of remembrance. Uh, other stories. Builders are more likely to die at work if they're employed by smaller firms. Stra- How do they work things like that out? That odd. Strange. Uh, Ray Winston on being the daddy in the house with uh, his, uh, his children. A friend of mine absolutely fancies Ray Winston gutless and go, Ray Winston, absolutely, I've never quite seen it, never quite seen it. Sex on Lev, there's a woman in the paper today, 
obviously clearly quite a bit cracked, who changed her name by deed poll to Pudsey Bear, has been refused a new passport. She switched her name from Eileen DeBont by deed poll to raise money for children in need. Banks and credit cards say the divorced mum of two is Mrs P Bear, and that name's on her driving licence. She's also taxed as Pudsey Bear. But Identity and Passport Services said it was frivolous and would bring them into disrepute. Mrs Pudsey says... It's just stupid, isn't it, really? Uh, my passport expired and they told me they would issue me one only as Eileen DeBont. But that's not my name. No, dear, it is your name. Don't be so stupid. Your name is not Pudsey Bear. You're a very silly person. She has asked uh, locals in a home... T- she comes from Prestatin. I shall leave that one to other people. To suggest a new name to adopt as a fundraiser. She was also, could have been called Vauxhall, Front, Vauxhall Frontera and Scunthorpe Travel Lodge. You know, I mean, sometimes you do get balmy people, don't you? There's nothing you can do about it. She says, no, Pudsey Bear is my name. It's not. It's not. Your name is not Pudsey Bear. Your name is Eileen. If you don't know that, you're even balmier than we think you are. 84850, uk. Tammy, morning. Thank you very much indeed. Nice to, uh, nothing on one of these. Sometimes I open up uh, emails and texts in the studio. And uh, there's absolutely nothing on it at all, which kind of gives me uh, gives me renewed hopes. Other than that, or I can't operate a computer anymore. Johnny Brixton, who says, Paul McCartney has an appeal where he wants us to sign the petition to save the seals in Canada. It's backed by the Humane Society International in the EU. He says, well, I think baby seals are cute, with big eyes. But until I hear the Eskimos joining in this protest, I'm not convinced. Sometimes I just want caring celebs to concentrate on matters on the human side and at home. I mean, does anybody know if baby back seal is better fried or grilled? I think... Do you know I think they eat it raw. And the reason I think, Johnny, who thinks seal has a great voice, incidentally, uh, they eat it raw is because it's better for them. They took Eskimos and they westernised them for, I think, a year as part of an experiment. And within a year, their teeth had rotted because they all of a sudden had sugar in their diet. Whereas before, eating raw... And I frankly couldn't eat raw raw food if you tr- if you tempted me with it i'm afraid i'd have to be so blooming desperate to eat raw food i really would luckily this morning we've had part of our five uh, fruit and veg because we've had a carrot cake so that's great isn't it and i'm sure it's got more than five bits of carrot in there but i'm sure the eskimos eat raw seal i've seen them cutting it off the body and eating it and I've, well, the japanese eat raw fish what's the difference I couldn't do it. I can't eat anything that's got blood emerging from it in any way, shape or form. I see them on the television they, and, and they cook lamb and they go, oh, this looks lovely. And they, on the outside it looks nice and then they cut it in the middle and there's blood. This thing is pulsating. And people, people eat it. I mean, absolutely not me. Uh, 84850, uk. Erica, you're as stupid as you sound, unfortunately. It's not your fault. I'm sure you know you're quite normal. When when matron comes round to give you the tablets, make sure they give you an extra shot, okay? Which is good. Uh, Steve, do you know if virus gets weaker as it spreads? I don't think so. I don't. You, it can't be uh, contracted between people. So in other words, you could sit next to somebody on a train. We joked about it earlier. Uh, who might have uh, a vi- you're not going to pick up this particular swine flu because it's not contractible between people but i bet you anything today there's people wearing masks i might even wear one on the track just to see what what effect it has whether or not you can actually clear a carriage quite quickly uh, 84850 steve at lbc.co.uk steve you're right in your mother's day please command of respect and they didn't peep beat people up as they seem to do today. How can you respect them? I think, actually, there are certain people I don't believe. I think it might happen in odd cases, but that's the same in every 
particular outlet. You're always going to get one or two who spoil it for everybody else. Unfortunately, you know, some people go out there with the sole intent of goading the police. I wouldn't want to be a police officer, because I'd probably lose my temper. I would probably end up hitting some of these stupid people who go out there who sponge off society. And we know that they do. Uh, Eamon says, Jesus is always portrayed as a David Bellamy look-alike, but he was obviously of Middle Eastern appearance. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, June says, they already have a Black Friar tuck. I don't know why. I mean, why, why are you trying to change history? Wasn't it a short while ago, somebody said, oh, I think Peter Pan could be black. Don't be so stupid. You know, I'm quite sure that black people would be up in arms. They went, Nelson Mandela, or I tell you what, the Supremes, as portrayed by white girls. And people get, no, well, they were black. Exactly the same way. Other, but you can't just do it just because it's, you know, people get, oh, I think it should be like that. Um, I'm surprised they haven't used uh, finding Philip Schofield, a, a new co-presenter, into a reality show. Well, in, in some of the papers today, they have talked about who's in the frame for it. Don't believe any of it. It's a load of old poo, ladies and gents. It's a load of old Paul, as we call it now. Because I don't believe that they're anywhere near deciding. She's not going for a few months. It'll take them but two minutes to pick up the phone and go, do you want to do it? Or failing that, they go, I'll tell you what we'll do. Let's try each person out for a week. So we'll give, you know, Amanda Holden, an op- well, perhaps not Amanda Holden, but uh, because we don't know what she does, do we? And uh, we'll sort of give it to, I don't know, Chantel or, you know, Ziggy or some, somebody stupid, uh, just to make the other person look really good, and give them each a week. That's what probably LBC would do. You wouldn't actually give somebody a contract straight away. What you would do is you would actually uh, try somebody out and say, well, listen, wh- why don't you cover for so-and-so when they're away? Of course, another bank holiday, isn't it, round the corner? <sighs> Can't wait for that. Can't wait for another bank holiday. Doesn't make the slightest difference to me, a bank holiday, because we're still here between five and seven in the morning, which is good news, isn't it? We like that idea. And then, I don't know who's actually doing breakfast. Would it be Andrew Pierce who's doing breakfast? We'll have a check on the, uh, on the listings. I think it might be Andrew Pierce. And then, uh, you're very lucky, James Max is going to be sitting in for James O'Brien. All a bit thrilled. Memories of Christmas round here, you know, which was lovely. Uh, Steve, on yesterday's show, says our Noreen, Alan talked about the ad and the kitty going to Paul's for a poo. And uh, I never, ever take in, in one single ad, I mentally switch off. Also, I don't watch a lot of live television, so I skip the ad, so now I'll have to look out for it. She says, by the way, if you watch the one show, Gary Lineker and his lady are on it today. I can't think of anything worse than watching Gary, oh my goodness me, I look like a World Cup, and that dreary Danielle Bucks. Is it not up there yet? Oh, never mind. Um, another one here. This is, uh, oh, from Dawn. You'll be pleased this morning. Steve is here. Do you know, he, he's, he's way ahead of himself. Way ahead of himself because he sent in all the listings yesterday on the programme. Every single one of them. And uh, so I was very pleased. We'll come around to that in a, in a moment because it's a fairly long one. And uh, one here from Davina, who's been living in Switzerland for the past six months. And what keeps me going and smiling is podcasting you almost every day. How lovely. I have to stop listening to your work as everybody stares when I can't contain my amusement at your acute and acerbic observations. I'm going to see you next month. Really? How lovely. So many people have been writing this to me recently. I've no idea where everybody thinks they're going to be seeing me, but uh, it'll be great fun. Bank holiday, I believe. Uh, so, uh, best regards, Toblerone and Mountain Goats. So, Davina, thank you very much indeed for that. News coming up very shortly, and uh, we'll take more of your texts and emails. Steve at lbc.co.uk, 84850. This is LBC 97.3. Put LBC 97.3. Steve Allen. Steve Allen. Text 84850. 
Morning, everybody. 24 minutes to six. It's Wednesday morning. I know we keep thinking it's Thursday. I was convinced this morning when I woke up, I thought it must be Thursday by now. Nope, it's still only Wednesday. A couple more days and then you can enjoy the bank holiday weekend, be fun fairs all over the place. What would be, what would you want to do to somebody? Every time I read about cruelty to either man, beast, every time I read something about, you know, a pensioner has been attacked, I'm afraid I want to do physical damage to that person and go around and chop their legs off. Because I, I just, I just feel there should be something. There should be some sort of deterrent. In this country, there's absolutely bugger-all deterrent. If people go round and attack your mother, your father, your children, anything like that. And when it comes to animals, you just can't imagine how anybody could be that stupid. Although we've seen the terminally stupid. We see them on television programmes. And, uh, and they, they kill animals. Well, sick vandals broke into a, a family zoo. And as part of this little family zoo, they've got a petting section. That's where they had rabbits and guinea pigs, cockatiels, lemurs, chinchillas. And they slaughtered 50 of these animals. They either kicked them to death, wrung their necks, or did other unspeakable things. And you think to yourself, A, who could ever do that? What sort of sick, stupid... I can't even use the words on this programme to describe these people. What sort of person would do that? And also, why can't we bloody well do it to them? Why can't we find them in court and go, I tell you what, from now on, we're going to take away your legs. That's going to be the punishment. You're going to spend the rest of your life in a wheelchair. Then you'll know what it's like. Because at the moment, there is no deterrent whatsoever for anything. They'll get them and they go, sorry, it was a drunken night. It was a drunken night. Alcohol accounts for most of the crime in this country. I was talking to some friends of mine earlier on, and there was a drunk girl in Leicester Square. And I mean drunk. And when you see drunk girls, you know that somewhere around here there's going to be a rapist who's going to take advantage of them. They're going to either get into an illegal minicab and the driver's going to either attack them, rape them or do something even worse, as if there could be anything worse. And, and you just don't know what to do. It's alcohol-based. Jack Tweed is in prison because he's a mindless, heartless thug. He attacks people. He's a nasty person. His mother has done a story with one of the magazines saying he misses Jade. I couldn't give a forex, I'm afraid. I couldn't give a forex. So far, we've heard no remorse from this nasty little piece of work. And as for his mother coming out and talking drivel, I'm afraid, I really can't cope with it. I, don't, I wish the whole family would bloody shut up and go away. Graham says, if Fern is getting 750000 a year, how do they pay her? Well, they pay her, you know, at the end of each month. She invoices like everybody else in the business. What do you think it is? It comes, what do you, a wheelbarrow or something? Well, how do you think people get paid? Why would they pay somebody in advance? What happens if they had sickness? In other words, if, if, if you go sick, you go, oh, I've got to get that money back. Well, you invoice at the end of each month for the days that you work. You know, it's, it's as simple as that. That's, that's how it works in every job, doesn't it? I assumed, in the real world. Unless, of course, you're not in the real world. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, I don't want to tell you, ladies... But there's another Boots Miracle Cream. I don't want to tell you because it's free advertising for Boots. And the last time there was, there was a pandemic, people were rushing from around the world to get hold of this stuff because women will buy anything if you tell them this will, you know, make your hair more lustrous. So they get somebody like Kelly Brook, who's lucky to have nice hair like that. That's why you get hair models. You're never going to use Susan Boyle as a model for anything, are you? Apart from Toby Jugs. But what you're going to do is you're going to get a hair model. If you want to sell hand cream or nail cream, you're going to get a hand model. You're going to go to an agency where there are people who might look like the back end of a bus, but their hands are beautiful. You get people who model legs, people who are feet model. 
People who, who model all sorts of things. They might not be great looking in other departments, but they've got something uh, that actually sort of makes them stand out. So what you're looking for with hair, and that's why you, you get these adverts on the television and you go, Kelly Brook or I don't know, whoever it can be, it could be anybody really, has got this lovely hair. Do you think, but that's about 20 people pampering it and spraying it and putting glitter on to make it look as though it's shining. And you can buy, and people think that if you've got hair like Susan Boyle, you're going to go out, put this stuff on and you're going to look the same. No, you're not. And for some reason, men don't buy into it, but women do. And that's why if you say to somebody, if you put the, the, this, this cream on, your wrinkles are going to go. Well, of course, it's not going to happen like that. What they want is your money. It's like, I never understand. Psychics go, I've got some very important information. You think, well, tell me. Tell me. They get across my palm with silver and I'll tell you. Tell me now! And that's why, when they, 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 they've got this cream, this is part two of it. Because you remember, two years ago, 20-week supply of Boots Protect and Perfect Beauty Serum sold out in a day. After people revealed it made the skin look younger, Professor Griffin said most wrinkles are down to sun exposure and not to age. The best thing you can do to prevent wrinkles is to practice sensible sun advice and use sunscreen. In other words, you could use a cold cream. You could use Pond's cream. You could use any cold cream. Years ago, people used a, a Pond's cream. They didn't have all this stuff in the bathroom. But now, here it is at £20, well, £19.75, which probably means to me that it's probably cost, including packaging, £4.80. And then you think to yourself, what the hell can be in something for £4.80 that costs us 20 quid? And the answer is, not a lot, apart from some very, very good publicity. And a man who has tested it and said, well, in our experiments, it has shown that uh, lines can reduce a little bit. They're, They're always prepared just to tell you what you want to hear. And what you ladies want to hear is, this will improve your skin and wrinkles will disappear. Now, I'm telling you, if you smoke... It ain't going to make the slightest difference to you. You could bathe in it. You could empty a whole pot of it over your head. And in the morning, you're going to have exactly the same wrinkles. Because the only way that you're ever going to get rid of those wrinkles is to use hemorrhoid cream. Okay, now this is the, the Steve Allen hard and fast preparation for everybody. Preparation H, hemorrhoid cream. No good using suppositories, it doesn't quite work the same way, but hemorrhoid cream is used, it's no good just taking it and wipe it, it just doesn't work, okay? But models will tell you. Two things you use to get rid of bags under your eyes and wrinkles, hemorrhoid cream, lightly put on, or failing that, egg white. You take a bit of egg white and you put it, that's why some of these things, they say you put it on under your makeup, and the reason is, it tightens the skin up. It's like putting a glue on. It would be exactly the same as getting, and don't dare try it, uh, a little bit of super glue, putting it on a wrinkle and stretching the skin out, letting it dry, and then it'll stay like that. It's like Botox. Botox, freeze it. Well, that's what I said. Don't do it. I mean, you'd have to be pretty stupid, wouldn't you? It'd be that thick to do it. But uh, we've heard of people doing the same thing. It's like Botox. Botox freezes everything underneath the skin. So that's why people look like, you know, strange people on the television. Danny Minogue. Uh-huh. Amanda, Amanda Holden. Oh, I can't use it. But I think Joan Collins has advocated egg white before. It's, it's been very commonly used. But what they're trying to do, the beauty industry, is worth millions. And what you're paying for is you're paying for packaging. You're paying for beautiful pots. And I've, I've got them. Don't ever think that men don't use these creams. When you ladies go out for that, on it goes. On it goes. You go back, ladies, today, and you discover him at home. He'll have two bits of, two bits of cucumber over his eyes. He'll be using a moisturiser. So many men use it nowadays. But unfortunately, they have to try and butch it up because men won't actually go and buy it. They'll do it mail order or they'll use the wife's. They won't actually... I mean, I should imagine if you go through Hugh Broom's bathroom, 
I bet you'll find there's quite a few little pots and things like little creams and lotions and stuff like that. They'll always say it's something. Oh, it's the girlfriend's. Uh, she left it here last weekend. You know, something like that. But you know it's theirs because it, it, there's pallets of it in his. I think he has actually got one of those cases where you open it up and it's got three different layers of eyeshadows and everything, like a vanity case. And you seem to get a load of eyeshadow colour for not very much money. You go to the pound shop and you can buy loads of it. And you can put these sort of great colours on, like blue and black and stuff like that. That is where Hugh, Hugh gets it from. He is, he is Poundland man. You see, and all these men are go, oh, it's not really mine, it's the, it's the girlfriend's. But I'm telling you, he's the only farmer I've known with hands that are that soft, he doesn't do dishes. It's as simple as that. So here it is, the Boots Wrinkle Miracle again, for another 20 quid, they're hoping that you're going to go out and buy it. But I'm telling you now, you'll look exactly the same. When they say fine lines go, they mean fine lines under a microscope. OK? It's, you're never going to look and notice any different. Because, believe you me, with all these creams we've had over the years, I should be looking at people walking around who've got faces like porcelain. But I'm not. So, quite clearly, these things don't work. But what you have to do is you have to go to somebody, they go, these fine lines disappeared. Unfortunately, they're so fine, you couldn't see them anyway. That's how they, they cover themselves. Must work for some... Mind you, if it makes you feel better, why not try it? You know, if you think, well, I've tried everything else... I, I would love to, to try this. I, I want to look better. I want to look nicer. I want to look more attractive. Uh, down in uh, Bogota, says Mark, about half the people are wearing masks today. They love a good panic. Well, I've got my mask here. I've got, I mean, I could put it on. I wonder what happened if you walked down the road with it. I'd get shouted out on abuse or something. <laughs> Nothing new there. But uh, I tell you, there's going to be somebody today wearing it. I guarantee I'm going to get to the station and somebody... Is going to uh, is going to be wearing one. I've just got this feeling. I've just got a feeling. Phil says the woman who wants to be Pudsey Bear maybe she'll get a passport if she can become yellow and have a bandage over one eye. Seems fair enough. That way she'd look like it because she's not Pudsey. You try telling her, try telling you know children that, that that's Pudsey. No, it's not. That's Eileen Decatur, whatever her name is. Not the same at all. Am I the only person says Johnny who's going to say this? Can we get rid of the demonstrators in Parliament Square? I agree. Four weeks now. Most of us get the point. You know, we all understand it. OK, we understand that, uh, you know, you're demonstrating. It's going to go nowhere. It's going to go nowhere. I mean, it does affect loads of people on a daily basis trying to get around London. I've noticed one of the placards, says Johnny, says, we will never surrender, and placed under the statue of Churchill. Next week, he says, my protest starts. It's against people who demonstrate and don't know when to stop. It might be Leicester Square. Better not be, matey. I know police officers round here. <laughs> I can blackmail them. More carrot cake. But it's true, actually. We, we put up with this in London, don't we? The other day, we had demonstrators inside uh, the Palace of Westminster who superglued their hands together around a statue. And my advice was, leave them there. Leave them there. At some point, they're all going to want to go to the toilet. You know, and if they can't walk out, that's their problem. I couldn't care less. It's not going to happen in Parliament Square. They can stay there forever and a day. They can dance, shout, disrupt the... Pl- they can do everything. It's not going to make any difference. It's not our problem. Unfortunately, you know, with, with sort of having the police up there, it takes them away for things which are, I think are a little bit more meaningful. A little bit more meaningful. Uh, one here from Max. He says, uh, after hearing about the death of the young man stabbed in Lambeth... At first I thought, oh dear, another young life taken. Then I heard it was two gangs having a go at each other, and I thought to myself, we haven't exactly lost the cure for cancer, have we? Am I being harsh? I personally feel if you want to be in a gang, the old adage, live by the sword, no sympathy at all. 
It's... Th- th- I don't understand gangs. When we were kids, we were in gangs, but they weren't like these stupid gangs that you seem to have nowadays who carry knives. We were just in a gang. We just didn't talk to certain people at school. There was no... There was no violence. There was no nothing. We just... We just sort of rode our little bicycles. Nowadays, you want to be in a gang, you're very hard if, if you've got a knife in one hand. Yeah. You know, if you haven't... Hey, pleasure. Pleasure. No idea who it is. Just, just walk in every morning. It could be anybody. <laughs> but it's, it's true now. You, you go out on the streets and you get these sort of little groups of rather stupid little children who stand there trying to look menacing and hard, and you think, are you really as dim as you look? And the answer is, yes, they are, but the trouble is they're involving other people. And that's when the police have to move in. And, and that's when you think, I wouldn't want to be a police officer for love nor money. It's just appalling. It's just appalling that every time you open up the paper, there's somebody else. I mean, that, this other one, of this, of this boy, who was only 17... 17! 17. As, as it turns out, one of the very few people who's been murdered who was white. Because it seems to be this black-on-black violence. And I, every time I see people in court, I'm saying, oh, not again. Not again. Why can't we do something about it? Why is the black community not rising up and going... Because they're powerless. They're absolutely powerless. I want to find out. These young men who carry these knives, are they single-parent families they're from? Are they from loving... Fa- they can't be from loving families. They can't be. I don't believe all this baloney about... It's peer pressure. I had peer pressure when I was young. Didn't encourage me to go out and kill anybody. And this young man who went out with somebody else's girlfriend, and they dra- as they dragged him into the woods... He said, you're not going to kill me. And he phoned his friend on his mobile and was screaming, come and help me. And his friend just put the phone down on him. And he was screaming and they tied him to a tree and they poured petrol down his throat and they threw a match against him. And you think, what sort of bloody scum does that, ladies and gentlemen? The answer is the scum that we've got in this country at this precise moment in time. And I don't care what anybody says, but either something's going to be done quickly or there's going to be a mass exodus. Not just Michael Caine leaving the country, but 95% of uh, decent people who want to live in a decent country. Not this kind of place that it's being turned into at the moment. Quarter to six. 97.3. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. It's 12 minutes to uh, 6. Actually, there's one piece in, uh, very funny in the paper today, because we, we spoke about it yesterday on the programme, and this was this, uh, this lardy, 29-stone woman, uh, who was feeding her children uh, badly. And there's a picture of her in one of the papers today, and I can't remember which one it is, actually. Uh, but it's... I mean, she's even bigger than you imagined. I mean, I, I don't know what 29-stone looks like until I looked at that, and I thought, good grief, she's in there. And, uh, and they, they, they were saying, it's, it's really, really bad. Although Ephraim Hardcastle, writing in the Mail today, says, it's so hilarious. He says, interviewing and talking about this, Eamon Holmes, and, um, and what's his name? Who's the other one? Uh, J- John, John Gaunt or something, anyway, for whatever he is. And, uh, and he said, both, of course, very well-fed people. And it is true, isn't it? We do, we do pick on... I mean, I'm actually fairly well-fed. Not 29 stone very well-fed. I mean, that is absolutely... I talked to Anita Harris yesterday. I mean, she hasn't put on an ounce. Not an ounce. I mean, I, I do... I mean, I do do me walking. Admittedly, not yesterday. Uh, but I, and I'm... And today, yes, I am doing it today. Actually, I've got a couple of things on today. I've got such a busy day today. Such a busy day. So, which is quite... I, I quite like having sort of busy days. So I've got to drive down to my brother's when I finish and then come back, then go for a walk and then I'm going off for a... A consultation. I'm being shown all the plans for the Twickenham Riverside. So I can then decide which side of the, the coin I'm going to sort of, you know, play my, my, uh, my hand. I haven't quite decided yet. Uh, to Becky, I must say hello to Becky, who was listening yesterday, and agreed. I won't tell you where Becky works, but it's within this building. And says, uh, I was listening yesterday, and I'm so glad to hear. I'm not the only person who thinks that Amanda Holden is a total waste of space. 
She said, frankly, what is her talent? Um, men. <laughs> men is her talent. Because she managed to convince, didn't she, that, uh, that poor impressionist. What's his name? Les Dennis. And then, uh, once she got... All she was was a girl who was desperate to be famous. And I mean desperate. She's a new face... Uh, not a new face. She's um, a blind date girl. So she was on blind date. Pretty poor at that, it has to be said. And then decided, you know, perhaps convince somebody. <laughs> I, I don't mind people on television know what they're talking about, but not somebody who's got no idea what they're talking about. You know, you just, I don't. I really don't mind. Uh, can I bring you this joke, uh, an Irish joke? Mm, probably not, but it is very funny actually, which is a shame. And uh, it's, I might do it actually. I might do it a bit later on. Depends what kind of mood I'm feeling in today. Now I know that the government are going to give us all these masks. I'm quite glad that I've got, I've got my one here. Uh, coming up with Nick Ferrari after seven this morning. Siobhan Wikes editor of Love It magazine. They're going to be talking about Obama, whether or not he's really helped the Guantanamo inmates. Uh, also, are you saving money on your kids' education? And, uh, and, in fact, it's all Obama today. Every single story is Obama, I've just noticed. They're talking about the business battlefront. Has Obama been the much-touted financial uh, wonder kid? Uh, then they're looking at Michelle Obama and assessing her fashion. And then... The editor of Heat magazine on Has Power Made Obama Sexier? It's the Obama programme this morning. <laughs> it's quite good, isn't it? Uh, Thomas says, What do you think of that lardy lady feeds the young kids the same fast food that she puts away? An idiot, I'm afraid. But there again, you look at her, she probably hasn't got the faintest idea how she got pregnant. Because you would think to yourself, you're having sex with somebody, uh, there is such a thing called protection. You look at the size of this woman, she was probably grateful to have got pregnant. Really. So she's got three children. Is the father there? No. How long was he there? Well, about a few minutes afterwards. And that's about it. Uh, is he on the birth certificate? No, he's not. Is he contributing to the kids? No, he's not. Now, it's about time that this was clamped down on. These stupid women who, you know, to get their free housing and their, their benefits, go out there, get themselves pregnant intentionally, and consequently, they, uh, they actually uh, end up with a load of money. But they don't do anything. They don't do anything. 84850, Steve at LBC. No, sadly, not on the downloads, Graham. Sadly, not on the downloads. Well, yes, definitely on YouTube, but definitely not on the downloads. Hardly up at all, I'm afraid. Uh, another one here. Sadly, says Peter, as usual, spot on. The country is full of scum garbage. Lock them up, throw away the key. I don't want to help them. I don't want to help these people. I really, years ago, we exported people to Australia. Can't, can't we do the same again? Can't we keep sending people over there? I don't... Why would... We, mind you, I don't think Australia wants them either. I don't know what the answer is for these people, because it never used to be like this. We didn't have gangs of feral youths roaming the streets and roaming estates looking for somebody to attack. I don't, rem I don't ever remember that when I was younger. And now it's got to the... St I'm not surprised if you're an elderly person why you wouldn't really want to go out half the time. Why would you want to go out? You just don't. Because there's horrible people who stand on street corners. Blocks of, you know, flats and all that. And you think, what more can we give you? You quite clearly don't work because you're too bone idle. And so they go out there and think they're all big and high and mighty. And most of them end up in prison. And that's it. That's it for the rest of their life. Unfortunately, we pay for it. I don't want to pay for somebody to go to prison. Which of the towns hardest hit by the recession? Strangely enough, Swindon. Swindon is top of the list. Luton. Barking and Dagenham, they're feeling battered, following salary cuts of 4.1... Have you been through Barking and Dagenham? Oh, me, I, I didn't realise how much the area had deteriorated. Absolutely, But I think that's the people who live in an area. I think you live in an area, you want to look after it. You want to make somewhere look nice. I would... I mean, Hounslow, years ago, used to be lovely. It's a dump. 
An absolute dump now, Hounslet. Really, it's a dumping ground for just about everybody. Just about everybody. Uh, there's a new law which may give asylum to... Guess how many more are going to drop into our uh, ever-open door? 22 and a half thousand. Bad enough as it is. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. And how many hours a week do you work? How many hours a week do you work? Apparently there was a lady on the television yesterday and it was one of these house makeovers. And I love these house makeovers because I'm convinced it's the same as Silla Black Surprise Surprise where people used to say, oh, I haven't seen my relative for 30 years. And at the end of the programme it was always, you know, sort of get surprise, surprise. And they'd, they'd bring on somebody that their researchers found in five minutes. Where were they? They were in Australia. It wasn't very difficult to find them. But the families did it because they got a free holiday. It's like now, if you want a free holiday on the television, the best thing to do is to contact any of the property programmes and say, you're looking for a home in France. And they then fly you over there. You have a week's holiday. You don't have to buy anything. And, and that's how it works. Every time I see people on the television, I sit there trying to work out in my mind, will they actually be buying a property in France? You know, it's a place in the country or a place in France or wherever it happens to be. And I think, will they be buying it? No, they won't. And they, and they sit there going, yes, we're, we're thinking of spending probably up to 750000 You think, you haven't got £750,000. If I was running half these programmes, I'd be doing a bigger vetting system. Because there's people who just tell lies nowadays. We seem to, we seem to be in a culture where it's just lies. People tell lies. People are impressed. I spoke to some people from up north a while ago, and I said, oh, do you like London? And he said, he came from Liverpool, and he said, no, he said, um, not at all. He said, most of my mates who've been down here, he said, went back up to Liverpool. I said, why? He said, because people tell lies. He said, they think that you're impressed by that. They go, oh, I've got a big car. And you go, yeah. And they go, where is it? Oh, it's in the garage at the moment. He said, they just tell lies. He said, at least up, and nobody talks to you in London. Nobody talks to you. I said, well, to be honest with you, if people talk to you in London, you kind of call the police. Because you don't want to be sitting on the tube and somebody goes, hello. Hello, hello, how are you? And you go, ooh, scary. So you don't do anything like that. Up north, people talk to you. It's, it's quite normal to be in a, in, a, in, a, in, a sh- in a shop and somebody say, hello. They don't, they, don't sound, they don't sound like that all the time, actually. But people talk to you up north. It, it's quite pleasing. And yesterday I was watching Hetty Wainthrop investigates. I know I'm sad. All right, don't need to tell me I'm sad. I know I'm sad. And, um, and you look at it and life up north seems wonderful. These love this lovely countryside of ours. I mean, to be honest with you, I like Leicester Square in the early hours of the morning, for all there's nobody around, and it's empty, and we've got the police there, because it, it's, it's lovely. It's nice that they've got lights around the trees, it looks clean, and you think, this is the middle of London. It's London. It doesn't get any better than this, does it? It's very nice. And then you think, and you've got a radio station. You know, in fact, you've got quite a few, eight radio stations in this building. Bruce was telling me the other day. Oh, and by the way, he gave me a map. So we can find out if you can pick up DAB. And sadly, in Bridlington, you can't pick up DAB. He gave me the official map because he was listening to the programme the other day. And he printed me off this huge map. He said, so if anybody else phones up, you can, you can set them off on the, on the right uh, path so you can find out whether or not they can hear DAB. But as long as you've got your computer, you can always hear LBC. You can always hear LBC. Wherever you go in the world, and if you podcast, it's even easier. Go to lbc.co.uk, learn how to podcast, and your life will be changed. And I walked in yesterday, and here we were talking about blue. And, and I, I, we finished the programme, walked upstairs, and there's a, a kerfuffle up there, and people all over the place. And I thought, oh my God, there's Lee, and there's all the boys from blue. And they, they, they were sitting in, in our boss's, not our, well, the big boss's office, because it's the Capital Radio Summer Ball, of which we've been offered tickets for to go and see them. So they weren't, as we said yesterday, reforming what they're doing. They've been brought back together for this one-off show. 
So there you go for the summer ball. So I've applied for my tickets instantly. Because I was chatting, because Anthony was there as well. So having a chat to Anthony. And when I went outside the building to go and get my breakfast, who's the very, very good looking one in blue? Duncan was out there talking to some girl fans. He's sickeningly good looking. I mean, it's really embarrassing. I, mean, I, just, I, I don't stand too close to him because, you know, people, people often mistake us for the same person. And so uh, I don't go too close to them. But they're, they're going to be there for the, uh, for the capital summer ball. And then they were thinking, Duncan said yesterday, he said he thought that they could get back together for Glastonbury. Because somebody did Glastonbury, said if they can do Glastonbury, he said maybe we, we could do Glastonbury as a one-off. Because they've all got separate careers now. So they weren't, as we said the other day, coming back together to start going around doing stuff like that. They're purely, they're being reformed just for this, uh, this summer ball thing. Sounds fantastic, doesn't it? Listen, news coming up uh, very, very shortly. Uh, we've had a, oh, we had a, an earthquake in the country the other day, up in Cumbria. There was an earthquake. 3.7 on the Richter scale. I don't think 3.7 3. is, uh, is that, uh, that to worry about. But uh, wearing face masks is certainly something that you're all going to be doing. You're going to see more and more of it, I promise you. You heard it first on LBC. It's time to read... London's biggest conversation continues with Steve Allen. Morning, team. Nice to be company. Six minutes past six, Wednesday morning in London town. It's April the 29th, 2009. Steve, why do you call the women who live on benefits stupid? We're the stupid ones for keeping them. I know, it's, you're right, actually, on, on reflection. It should be the kind of thing you should think of. It's, but some people only know a life on benefits. They have no intention of working. And, and they go, why should I work? If I worked so many hours, I'd get this much. If I don't work any hours at all, i get this much. And this much is worth more. Perhaps if we reduce the amount of benefits, it might be a little bit easier. Because the more children people have, and this, this goes back to the story of the woman that they were talking about yesterday on LBC. 29 Stone feeds her children on McDonald's. Not particularly good. Not healthy. Not anything. No, no father there. Just disappeared completely. Uh, doesn't feature on the birth certificate. Doesn't contribute to the cost of them. Let's find these men and make them pay. Make them pay. Because I'm quite sure that half of them, you know, these people know who they are. They know who they are. And so you make them pay. These men who go around having lots and lots of children with lots and lots of different women, make them pay. Uh, Anne Whittacombe is talking about her first car, which surprisingly was a bright blue Morris Minor. She said, I bought it for £50 from my godfather and learnt to drive it. By the time it was celebrating its 21st birthday in 79, I'd christened it Methuselah. This goes back to, uh, to people who name their cars. I've never quite understood why anybody would ever, ever want to call their car by name. It's a car. At some point, you're going to change it for another model. But why we give them names, I've got no idea. And she says of Susan Boyle, her makeover because obviously Anne Widdicombe's been sucked into this one, uh, will be an inspiration to many women because it's not only effective, but remarkably cheap. Proving you don't need a celebrity-style income to look good. Expect weight loss to follow and a diet book after that. Providing Susan does not let it go to her head, she has a career not just as a singer, but as a beauty and fitness advisor too. Good luck to her, because she will need every ounce of that down-to-earth approach to survive the coming whirlwind. Obviously, Anne Widdicombe has, uh, has been fooled by this woman who's been trying to break into the business for about the last 15 years. So, not, a, not as clever as you think, really. And also, I really don't think the Susan Borth fitness video is going to be bought by anybody at all. And uh, that it's the aspirin story in the papers again. The aspirin story, which is taking a daily dose of aspirin in your 40s, can cut the risk of developing cancer in later life. What it does, it lowers pain and fever, 
reduces the risk of heart disease, certain cancers, lowers the risk of blood clots, heart attacks and strokes by thinning the blood. Because I've been on it for ages. It's on prescription for me. On prescription. Reduces swelling caused by uh, osteoarthritis and some rheumatic diseases. Those are the pros. On the, on the con side, it may cause excessive bleeding and bleeding in the brain. Can irritate stomach lining, causing heartburn, pain, nausea, vomiting. May cause internal bleeding. An overdose of aspirin can cause sweating, hyperventilation, muzziness and deafness. I've heard the word muzziness for ages. Muzziness is where you can't... That's where, in between your head, it just doesn't feel right. It's just all going... You can't concentrate on things. You feel a bit muzzy. Somebody says, how do you feel this morning? You go, I feel a bit muzzy. Don't feel right. It's, a, it's an old-fashioned expression. Uh, we were going to be talking to John Warrington, actually, who's up in uh, Edinburgh, I believe, at Malmaison. And uh, we can't make him answer his phone at the moment. Uh, so we, we need to try. We'll, we'll try and get hold of him before the end of the programme. Uh, on the, the subject of uh, swine flu, and all the papers are saying on the front page, strangely enough, uh, Britain orders 32 million masks, plus they're going to send out a letter to everybody. Of course, there will be a lot of people who won't even understand what it is and will just throw it away without even bothering to, uh, to realise. And I don't mean to dismiss says Barbara, the potential of swine flu to become a worldwide pandemic. After all, both my young, healthy grandparents were killed by post-World War I influenza. But so far, the only people to have died are in Mexico. So far, no one else who has become ill in another country has died. Back in 2003, I was in uh, Toronto throughout the SARS epidemic. Nobody panicked. City life carried on as normal. No sporting events were cancelled. Offices stayed open. Shops, restaurants, theatres continued to do good business, even though a number of people in the city died from SARS. The only people who wore protective clothing and masks were medical staff in hospitals. Well, the government have ordered 32 million. 30 we're going to be looking like Japan very shortly, walking around. My advice is, Barbara, what it were, not to panic and wait and see what happens. I don't think anybody's panicking. I don't think we've actually got the panic stage yet. I think what we're, what we're doing is looking at it... And trying to understand. Of course, it's all those people who've got the holidays booked to Mexico. Cancun being particularly a, a popular place with young people who are having them cancelled, as the tour operators say, we're not going to fly there at the moment. And it could strike millions. That's what they're saying on the front of the metro this morning. 25 million people, they say, could be infected. A lot of people have decorated their masks. I'm still trying to work out how mine works, but we do have a packet of them upstairs. Um, we thought it would be quite funny this, mo this morning to put them on in the office. Because it is quite funny, because you just don't see people wearing them. The only people I've ever seen wearing these are cyclists in London. And that's because of the, the pollution everywhere. everywhere. Mexico, as I say, 152 have died. Uh, they've got cases confirmed for the first time in Israel and New Zealand. Um, that's the only place, Mexico, though, where anybody's died. They've got nine suspected cases in England, another eight in Wales... Uh, that's on top of the 23 in Scotland, with uh, nine friends of the Ascoms being tested at the moment. Uh, other stories inside. It's quite a heart-touching heart story, this one. And it's of a, a great guy called Casey Anderson and a lady called Missy Pyle, poor soul. And they, they've got married, but who is their best man? He is a seven feet, eight inch tall brown bear. And the reason... He is uh, seven feet, eight inches tall. Is because he's a brown bear and because they're very popular. But Casey looks after him. He was, he was considered too domesticated to go back to the wild. So he's had him since he was a cub. And he now stands. When he stands, this thing is enormous. Don't ever, you know, they say the most dangerous animal in the world is either the hippopotamus and the brown bear. When you look at the size of this thing, if this was out in the wild, this could fell you with one stroke of its paw and they climb trees. But in fact, they actually got wed the other day. And who took uh, pride of place? 
It was this huge brown bear who they've called Brutus. Brutus. Lots of pictures in the papers today of um, the swine flu around the world and how people are doing it. They've got a picture of uh, nuns with masks on in Mexico City. Shouldn't laugh, really, but it just seems quite funny. With masks, um, sort of with, uh, with nuns wearing masks. And a teacher has launched a bid for compensation after her career, she said, was destroyed when a pupil allegedly poisoned her. I mean, it's amazing to think of a pupil poisoning somebody. You can't believe it, can you, in this day and age? But there again, we can believe most other things. Every time you open up the paper, you read horrible stories. I said at the beginning of the programme that the experts are under threat on this morning, because it's not getting huge audiences. It does all right, but it's not a huge, huge audience for the amount of money that it takes in and the amount of money it pays out to all their experts. So they're saying a lot of them could be axed. Well, most people who do these sort of shows, like um, Alan Titchmarsh, like Loose Women, like Richard and Judy, like uh, not so much Paul O'Grady, but all these other ones, uh, they circle daytime television, Sky. They all circle it because that's their income. And they go from one programme to the other, saying exactly the same stories. They'll either do, you know, a news event, or they'll talk about television, or they'll talk about something in the papers, or they'll be brought in to comment on something in the papers. And that's what they make their living. Every time you turn on the television, there's Kelvin McKenzie on something else. Another 250 quid here, 250 quid there, 400 there, and that's how they make their living. Used to be, years ago, described as sharks circling daytime television programmes to try and find an outlet for their, uh, for their ramblings. Most people just get radio programmes, it's so much easier. But they're there all, all over the place. And if they axe them, there'll be an awful lot of people, like Sharon Marshall and Alison Hammond and Denise Robertson, who will then have no outlet for their work apart from magazines, and they're cutting back as well. L- Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. That Rick Wakeman sounds fantastic. It really does. I was so looking forward to going, but I can't now. But I'm, I'm hoping they'll bring it out on DVD. It's going to be an experience that you will, uh, you'll only get once in your life. Talk of an experience. Here he is, Steve Hargrave. An experience you get once every week. Once, once every... Well, more than once every week. Once every day. <laughs> once every day on the television, Steve. So much that you're bored and just... Don't want it anymore. Well, I, 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 a lot of people have said to me, "Are you on Botox at the moment?" Me or you? Well, not, certainly not me. No, <laughs> heavens <laughs> above! I mean, I'm not rich like you. I mean, I'm just a struggling, struggling broadcaster who's worked. Am, I, I, am I on Botox? Am I on Botox? Yes. Yeah, so have you had Have you had Botox done? No, of course not. Oh, well, you say that, but I mean, I, I know what you're like. You know, you're in I'd showbiz. I'd want my money back if I did. <laughs> yes, exactly. I want to look better than this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure, well, so I'm in my feet. <laughs> in your feet. feet? Can you yes. have it done? Actually, I'm assuming if you can you have it done in your can. face, you can have it done anywhere. You probably can, actually, can't you? Mind you, it's, it stops sweating, doesn't it? So may, I reckon someone has it in their feet, doesn't it? It's oh, really? Oh, I'd imagine so. I'm, I'm lucky, actually. I don't <laughs> have sweaty feet. Has it. <laughs> oh, right. What, in their feet? <laughs> no, no, not really. No, oh, right. Sounds like I know too much about it, doesn't it? Dear. Anyway, onwards and upwards. Richard Swift is our first piece. Swift. He comes all the way from America, America. and he's playing at the Lexington on Monday, and the water rats back down old Grayson Road on uh, Tuesday. Mm. And a new album called Atlantic Ocean, I think it's album number four, um, if I remember rightly. I've always quite liked the stuff. I saw him a couple of years ago, actually, at the the Wireless Festival, and there's about five people watching him on the bandstand, (laughs) which is rather unfortunate. But he is really, really very nice. Reminds me a lot of um, Harry Nilsson. Yes. Um, very sort of similar style-wise on the albums. Have a little listen. This is a song off the new album, then. Richard Swift and the song we've chosen is uh, Hallelujah, Good Night. 
Well, I'm not sure about that at all, actually. Do you know what? Do you like the little... Burr, 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 well, I, I wasn't sure if it was intentional or it was our editing. <laughs> it sounded most peculiar. Oh, it's very jaunty. Funny you're song title, isn't it? You're not shifting your feet around under the desk there? No, I wasn't. No, 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 <laughs> I no. wasn't. Didn't do it for me, I'm afraid, that one. Uh, 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 for me. Doesn't matter, you know, listen. Leave the building. Say, I can't like everything, I can't. <laughs> Richard Swift, hallelujah, good night. Off you go, Richard. Forget about it. Yes, off you go, Steve matey. Won't, Steve won't be there next. Very sweet, but I won't be there at the Water Rats. OK, well, let's move to Vancouver, then, for the Pink Mountain Tops. Oh, let's. Um, who's fronted by Stephen McBean, who's in another band called Black Mountain. Black Mountain is slightly sort of heavier rock. This mm. is a uh, slightly more tuneful, uh, softer side. They have a new album out called Outside Love, uh, which is out next week, and uh, playing at the Borderline on Tuesday night oh. as well. Um... All right, well, let's have a listen. Oh, 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 let's see if they can get past the Steve test this morning. Oh, let's try it. Pink Mountain Tops. The song is called Execution. the title actually pink mountain tops from vancouver <laughs> yeah it sounds <laughs> it kind of grows on you doesn't it it's, a, it's, it's 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 a grower it is it is pretty nice and, and good jogging music i found with that album actually the perfect pace as you jogging? run around the park <laughs> yeah i've been for a run <laughs> you don't go yeah. jogging do you yeah i've oh. been trying to do a bit of exercise wow very yeah, impressed. Uh, body's a temple. If I was at, well, it is, yeah. yes, yes. <laughs> yes, well, I've, I've seen your body. Anyway, uh, Jim White. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jim White from Athens. Uh, he sings the he sort of country stuff, although he veers off track sometimes. But he's very funny uh, when he does live stuff. I've seen him a couple of times. And he's got uh, an EP out called uh, A Funny Little Crisis. The Bear. A Funny um, Little can, Crisis. Yeah. <laughs> Not as I started, A Funny Little Crisis. <laughs> on a bit of, yes, you have spelled um, it. Now. Yes, I've spelled it badly. I was, I was very tired when I wrote this. <laughs> and he plays tomorrow at the Union Chapel, which is still a beautiful place to see a gig. And uh, what song have I chosen? Oh, Counting Numbers in the Air. Let's have a listen.
see the fireflies in this mason jar. Light my smile like a faded scar. We used to wonder who we are. These days we don't care. These days we don't care. Jim White, and uh, he's back at the uh, the lovely Union Chapel. Tomorrow. That's count number two. Actually, Dawn, Dawn says, can you thank Steve Hargrave for mentioning the Ting Ting gig coming up at Somerset House? Oh, the Somerset House stuff, yeah. Because if yeah. it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be going to that gig, because I know nothing about it. She did try and get tickets. In fact, she, uh, she found it's, a, it's an all-standing gig. Yes. So, so tickets were £22.50 face value, which is what she paid. She did some searching around and did find tickets for sale. The cheapest, £47. The most expensive, £134. <laughs> It's, it's, it's a lot extra, isn't it? You know, if, you, if you're buying two tickets. <laughs> it is a lot. They are really good to some of it, as long as it's not raining. That's yeah. the, the thing, isn't it? But lovely venue, and it's just at night time, they light up all of Somerset House. Beautiful, isn't and it? And you just stood there in the middle. Um, they announced two more, actually, this week. Bat for Lashes is, is playing on the 16th of July, and Super Furry Animals yeah. are playing on the 18th of July. They're both on sale now, so it'll be the same sort of thing. They're, a fairly smallish venue, really, for yeah. those sort of gigs, especially well, for the Ting Ting. D- d- Dawn is off to see uh, Alistair Griffin at the Cobden Club on Thursday morning, and then two days later on Saturday night at the Regal Room in Hammersmith. She's unfortunately lost her broadband connection at home, something to do with their modem, so she oh. can't write in live this morning, so she's, she's sitting there bereft. Life, life just is rubbish when you lose your broadband connection. Terrible. Absolutely. What she's do, having what to use, do you do? Well, she's having to use her husband's uh, phone. Oh, you see? She's going to be getting withdrawal right. symptoms. I know the feeling. Oh. Oh, 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 feeling for you. Poor soul. Anyway, listen, I'm, I'm glad that you, you managed to get tickets for the Ting Tings, because you'll love that. Green Day uh, have got their uh, UK tour. Yeah, they're playing the O2 Arena, obviously massive venues for them, on the 23rd and 24th of October. Tickets on sale on Friday. The new album is out in two weeks' time. The single's very good, actually. Okay. Know Your Enemy, very good. And uh, Lily Allen's announced a new tour as well, which for us means Brixton Academy on November the 27th. Tickets on sale for that this Friday. OK, right. And Elton John? Yeah, the London show on uh, Wembley Arena. At uh, Wembley Arena, I should say, on October the 27th. Right. Now that he's finished his uh, old Vegas jaunt. Yes. Is, is that the red, red piano thing he was doing in Vegas? Yeah, yeah, that's right. He was in, how long was he in Vegas? For about four years or so. Yeah, it's quite a long time residency there it's sort of kept getting extended isn't it because he went down so well yeah um so yeah so we can finally see him again in london town at pearl jammer playing at the o2 arena on august the 18th as well lots of o2 arena gigs i guess these are all people playing around michael jackson yes when jackson has days off absolutely uh we've all got uh, ultravox tomorrow at the roundhouse uh-huh uh-huh uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. jim white you mentioned at union chapel tomorrow yep. Uh, McFly are at Hammersmith Odeon on Friday. Yeah, McFly are playing on Friday. I love it. Do you know, I love them. I think they're, they're great fun. They are really good fun. And yeah. they're really nice guys as well. Oh, Breaks as well, playing the Scala on Saturday. The new Breaks album is very, very good. Right. I remember that we... I don't think we've played a song of theirs yet, but uh, fantastic new album. And a band I saw a couple of weeks ago called The Miserable Rich. Mm. Oh, it sounds like a very boring name, but they're playing the Scala on Tuesday. Um, just beautiful orchestration. Just had a sort of string section that was just... Absolutely sounded stunning when I saw them. Lovely. Um, so look out for them. And Christopher at the Royal Albert Hall on Tuesday. Fantastic. Good old Chris. So we'll talk to you next week. All right, Steve, you have a good week. Bless your heart. Get more Botox. Yes, get some more Botox. That's the in thing to go week. for. Steve Hargrave back with us next week, right here on Steve Allen's Early Breakfast. LBC 97.3.
LBC 97.3 Steve Allen Text 84850 A glorious day in London town. Mind you, I said that yesterday. It, it rained a little bit, but not till the uh, afternoon. Actually, I forgot to mention Steve Hargrave. He went to see Bob Dylan at the O2 on Saturday. He said it was hilariously bad, bless him. He said he sounded like Vic Reeves doing the pub singer-style singing. Well, here's somebody who's hilariously bad at horse racing <laughs> results, but it doesn't matter because he knows all about the sport. He's our sports editor, Phil Blacker. Yeah, good morning. Uh, Chelsea will be at slight favourites going into the second leg of their Champions League semi-final a week tonight after holding Barcelona to a nil-nil draw in the new Camp. They were under pressure for most of the match, but became the first team since Manchester United at the same stage of the same competition a year ago to stop Barca scoring in their own stadium. Captain John Terry says it was a huge effort. It's brilliant because you come away feeling really tired after that game, but there's nothing better than, than keeping one of the best, best sides in the world at bay. And, you know, I, I think we've done that very well tonight. So, you know, we walk away a bit tired, but very pleased with the performance. Tonight it is the turn of Manchester United and Arsenal who play the first leg of their semi-final at Old Trafford. There's been an unusual lack of pre-match bickering between the managers heading into tonight's game. So Alex Ferguson and Arsene Wenger have clashed on a number of occasions in the past, but not this time. Gunnar's boss Wenger says it means the focus is on the players. I'm uh, confident that both teams will uh, really go for it and uh, if you will be disappointed by the press conference, I'm sure you will not be disappointed by the game. England's cricket selector as well this morning named the squad to play the West Indies in the first test at Lords, which starts a week today. Former captain Michael Vaughan is hoping for a recall but faces competition from Ian Bell and O.A. Shah. The injured Andrew Flintoff is unavailable whilst Durham's Graham Onions could replace county teammate Steve Harmison. World champion Lewis Hamilton and his McLaren team will today learn their punishment for misleading race officials at the Australian Grand Prix. They're charged with five counts of bringing the sport into disrepute after breaking overtaking rules and then lying about it. McLaren could be expelled from the championship, but it's thought a fine or points deduction is more likely when the FAA meets to decide their verdict. Andy Murray will try again today after his second round match at the Rome Masters was washed out yesterday. The British number one faces one Monaco of Argentina. And there are five domestic race meetings today. They go at Ascot, Pontefract and Southall. Tonight at Kelso and Kempton. And the big race on day two of the Punchestown Festival is the uh, Grade 1 Gold Cup Chase at five past six. Right. Not so good yesterday at all, I'm afraid. No, I actually watched the race yesterday. Dreadful. Out of 13 running, yours limped in seventh mm. for Tika Masala. So you lost two pounds, you're now down £24.50. It was doing so well. I know. I don't know what's gone wrong. Mind you, for Alex, Scottish Affair, ninth out of 13. Lost £2. Total loss, £32.21. We're matching each other in the, uh, are, actually, in the rubbish stakes, yes, aren't we? Exactly. Ninth out of 13th or 7th out of 13th. There's <laughs> nothing to choose between them. So today, Wednesday's waste of time, he said it's the 2.45 at Ascot, Rose Diamond. OK, uh, I've gone for uh, 5.15 at Pontefract. New, oh, right. New beginning. New beginning. Let's hope it is. Yeah, well, have, well, it'd be nice, isn't it? Can I tempt you to a cupcake? You probably can. Yeah. Yes, I thought so. Th- these are th- these are from my my favourite lady police officers. <laughs> oh, right. Who accosted me in Leicester Square this morning, and apparently, luckily, you're, you're all right with these because these are carrot cupcakes. Oh, are they? So very, very good for you. Jim Diamond had one earlier. He was he was very impressed. I had one. I think they're, they're, no, these are very good. It's got carrots in. It's one of five vegetables. <laughs> so it's absolutely fine. And it's got well, that's f- me soul. It says a fluffy cloud of tangy whipped cream. Lucky old cream, I say, with uh, <laughs> with uh, pistachio nuts. Oh, nice! So there you go. That's It'll my breakfast sorted. See breakfast sorted out immediately. How healthy is that, ladies and gentlemen? One of five. I can't. Remember. Where'd you get pistachio nuts? Are they big or little? They're are quite they, small, aren't they? Are they small? I think. 
I remember asking somebody how to an ice cream once. I said, crushed nuts, and I won't tell you the response. <laughs> but, uh, anyway, thank you very much indeed. Thank you. Phil is back with you, uh, with, uh, with Nick Ferrari at breakfast this morning. And enjoy his cupcake later on. It's nice. Actually, if John Warrington was here, I'd, I'd give him a cupcake, but he's not. But he will be with us on Sunday, uh, doing the papers. It's going to be a very tired bunny, but I'm assuming this morning he's equally tired because he's in Edinburgh. And no doubt, because I think Edinburgh's gorgeous, beautiful city, he's been out partying, haven't you? Morning, John. Good morning. Have you been out partying? I was with Susan Boyle all night long when she wouldn't stop singing. Oh, isn't it dreadful? Don't tell me the same song. Oh, the same song, yes. You know, like when you were young and you bought a, ne- a record and you just had to hear it and you put it on repeat and repeat and repeat? Yes, yes. Well, it's like with her. I just said, oh, shut up, Susan. Exactly. Let's have another bottle of wine. <laughs> <laughs> How lovely. <laughs> Do you know, I've, I ha- I've had some very nice times in Edinburgh because I think it's, compared to Glasgow, which was European city of culture a few years ago, Edinburgh has always attracted all the Americans. Edinburgh's very posh. Yes. It's posh. Posh. It's, it's, it's full of grey granite and, and all the streets are sort of cobbled. And, and I'm actually staying this time in, a, in an area called Leith. And I spoke to Jimmy Carr yesterday and he said to me, John, you're not in Edinburgh, you're in Leith. I said, it doesn't matter. This is an up-and-coming area. They're building a tram service. It's going to run straight up into Prince's Street, which is the main shopping street in Edinburgh. And I'm staying in a hotel called the Malmaison. And the reason I'm here is because I'm opposite the Royal Yacht Britannia, which is now a very, very popular museum. Right. And they've built a, a new terminal, and I haven't been there yet. I went, I went and had a look yesterday, but that's what's planned for today, is to do the Royal Yacht Britannia, then wander up Leith Walk and go and do the Royal Mile so that you do the Scottish Parliament and you do Holyrood House mm-hmm. and uh, all the whole of the uh, Edinburgh Castle, of course. And you can pack a lot in, yes, uh, in, into the into the time that you have here. Wow, I loved Edinburgh Castle because I I used to watch religiously on the television the Edinburgh tattoo. Mm, the tattoo when the Queen comes. Yes, I just loved it. I just thought the whole thing was just so brilliantly done. It's just there's something about Edinburgh. I don't know what it is. It just it just makes me feel comfy going there. It's the only place I've seen Americans walking around in kilts. Yes, they, they do. <laughs> get a lot of that. There's a lot of that. And there were, there were quite a lot of Americans on the train coming up. Yeah. So I think they, they start, you know, they always want to go to Edinburgh, normally to um, to research uh, relatives and things like that, don't they? They yes. say, oh, my name's um, Jimmy Muldoon from New York. And yes. they just want to know where the Muldoon bit comes from. <laughs> um, the, uh, the the journey up is so, it's so quick now. It's four hours and 15 minutes. Yes, or, it's a lovely train journey. It's lovely. And yeah. you get to the bit once you come up to Northumberland. Uh, to Berwick on Tweed, which I always think is very, very, very sort of, you know, there's been a murder in Berwick upon Tweed or something, and the train is running right up the coast, you know, with the with the North Sea right by your side. It's mm. quite spectacular. Beautiful, it really is lovely up there, and the, and the food is is also but some lovely restaurants in Edinburgh now. Incredible and very good price. Now where I am in Leith, now Leith is the, is like. Docklands in London. Hmm. It's the big up and coming area. There's lots of apartment buildings, you know, with penthouses and stuff like that. But there are a lot of uh, pubs. Hmm. And uh, we just passed a couple last night. And if you if you go in between, they Unlike do. Unlike you, John, to pass a couple. I actually passed, but that <laughs> should be popping in later. <laughs> I was with Susan Boyle. You can't. She won't go into a pub. <laughs> exactly. So no, used to the bottles outside. <laughs> exactly. She said, so "Don't go in. You get mu- you make much more money if you sit outside, look dowdy, and sing." <laughs> um, anyway, they, they've got some fantastic. There's one just along here, 
And I thought, that looks really nice. You won't like it because it's seafood. But oh. this is Scotland. And it's not any seafood. It's Scottish seafood. Mm. And they bid it for um, £15, three courses with wine. Good grief. That's not bad, is That's it? That's very good value. You have to eat before uh, six, just before seven o'clock. Right. Three That's courses okay. and wine, 15 yeah. quid. Yeah. Good Lord. It's cheap enough even for us. Even you could afford that stuff. Even I could. Oh. Actually, the funny thing is that you could have a weekend away. I've done it a couple of times now. A weekend away to Scotland, and you could you could leave on on the Friday after you finish. You could be up there. You could have Friday night there, all day Saturday sightseeing Saturday night, and then just come back down on the train on Sunday. Yeah, it's it's a perfect weekend. Well, I'm doing it a midweek break. Lovely. And and this hotel that I'm in, and I must say that the room I'm in, I'm in an attic room. So I've got all the eaves of the building, and it's an old building from yeah. the uh, 18th century, which has been done up. It's one of those old sort of, you know, those Dockland-type buildings, but yes. it's been done beautifully. And I know that you've stayed in a Malmaison before, and I've been to the one in um, Manchester. Yes. Which I wasn't crazy on, actually. No, I stayed in that one as well. I wasn't crazy on it either. No, but the one in Edinburgh is, is quite charming. Is it still minimalistic? No, it, it's oh. not, actually. It's lots of blacks and, yes. and, and whites and... and and sort of comfy. I mean, I've got tartan on the bed. I, c- I couldn't find the minibar in my room. I spent ages opening cupboard doors. Yes, it's very, very, it's, very. It's, very because they all look exactly the same. I mean, at least for most most places, you know where the minibar is. Turned well, out I never had a minibar. <laughs> I've got mine. It's inside the television unit. <laughs> oh, how lovely! <laughs> because I'm up in the eaves. Yeah. I've got all these fantastic roots. The, the, the shape of the room is really unusual. Right. And all the windows are quite small. But when you look out, you can see all the all the all the water. We're surrounded by water here. What's the bathroom like? Um, I always think, whenever I move into a hotel, for whether it's a day or a couple of days, first thing I check out is the bathroom. Yeah, the bathroom is grey slate. Oh, nice. It's very nice. Very nice. With one of those overhead showers. No bath. No bath? No bath. Oh, strange. Mm, No bath at all. Oh, right. got everything else. Does it have a seat in the shower? I think there is a seat in the shower. The shower's quite narrow. Oh, right. You wouldn't, you wouldn't want to weigh 20 stone, because I don't think you could get in there. No, right. Oh, it's, it's, it's meant for... Well, the majority of people from Edinburgh are, in fact, slim. They are, actually. You're quite right. They are, aren't they? They're very, they're very sort of... T- they're together up Can't here. afford to eat. I haven't seen... <laughs> <laughs> there are a few very tall people as well. Yes, yes. Six foot fours and six foot sixes. Wow. But it's, um, it's a lovely place to go for a, for a midweek break. It's perfect. Now, this hotel, I'll tell you what, I, bought, I got this on the internet, just went on and was looking around... It was £108 for two nights. Right. And what does that include? That's your room. Right. Oh, no, it's a good, good room, a four-star hotel. Yeah. I mean, £108 is not bad, you know. No, I know. It's only £54 a night. Yeah. And there are, but there are hundreds of other places that you can stay. Some much, much more expensive, I might hate yes. to add. You can pay £250 a night. Lots of bed and breakfast. But this, it's good walking. And I'll tell you what else is good as well. You can get an old, you can go on any bus in Edinburgh, for £3 for the whole day. Oh, wow. It's not bad, is Just it? go round and round and round. You buy a little ticket, do you? Yeah, you buy a ticket on the bus or right. in, the, in the shop, and then that's it. I was going to try and use my Oyster card. It, it doesn't work, does it? It doesn't work. <laughs> Surprisingly. <laughs> well, listen, t- tell us more on, on Sunday. You're in for I the will. papers, aren't you? Yes, absolutely. And are you back on Friday? I'm Friday. Oh, it happens above. You're practically here 24 hours. I can't I believe know. it. <laughs> Lord above. John Warrington week. I know. Probably. Heavens above. They'll be having flags and bunting <laughs> made, I should imagine. John Warrington <laughs> and Susan Boyle. You know, I can yes, see, John see the headline Boyle. now. All right, we'll see you on Friday then. And I look forward to it. And all I right, John. And you're all about the wedding. Oh, yes. Exactly. The, what, what wedding? 
the wedding that I was at on Saturday. Oh, right. Not, not, not you and Susan Boyle. We're not starting that rumour, are we? No, no, no. But we went to have a look. Oh, right. see, just in case. All right. Talk to you Friday. Take care. Bye. Bye. That's John Warrington in Edinburgh. Obviously looking forward to a lovely day after a lovely cooked breakfast. Elliot Breakfast continues London's biggest conversation this morning from 7. LBC 97.3. Morning, everybody. Ten to seven is the time. Looks lovely. Mind you, I've said that every day and so far. Every day it's rained. I think today we're actually going to get the uh, the sunshine. Michael in Watford said, sorry you're going to miss Rick Wakeman this weekend. We managed to get tickets for the show and we're going to go to the Royal Tattoo at Windsor. We'll let you know what we think of them. You'll absolutely love the Rick Wakeman thing. He was telling us in, in conversation, and if you haven't heard it, you can podcast it, uh, about how they, he's, he's kept it. He doesn't want any burgers, things like that. It's got to be traditional Tudor fare, so they're going to be entertainers down there. It's going to be fantastic. A huge orchestra and a choir. It's going to be quite something spectacular. He said, and there's going to be a spare seat at the front in case Henry VIII wants to turn up. Okay. Why is it, though, every time I open up the paper, there'll be some silly story about dreary boxer Ricky Hatton. You open up the paper, and the story, there's a non-event. He's going to turn his £750,000 home into a £3 million palace. This is a boxer who comes from the wrong side of the tracks. He can't string two words together. And apparently, he's added two more bathrooms... Uh, and a luxury kitchen, and the good news is he's designed all this himself. I mean, you know, you have to take it all with a pinch of salt. In the same way, there's a story about Wayne Rooney spotted driving a BMW the other day because he's lost his contract with Mercedes because due to the credit crunch they've decided not to waste money on, you know, an overpaid footballer. And so he's looking forward to a free car, and you think, but he's got loads of money, can't he afford to buy his own cars? And somebody said, he's also looking for a family car for when he and wife Colleen become parents later this year. Well, go and buy one. Don't be so silly. Honestly, they're so tight, these footballers. They don't really spend money on anything, do they? Uh, where did you see Hetty Wainthrop, says Pat? There's a, a box set of Hetty Wainthrop, of all of them. And really lovely, actually. Really, really lovely box set. It's, it's got one of those things. They've obviously used a, a brass band to do the intro. And, and it's, it's really nice. For some reason, it just kind of works. But they didn't do that many. I think they only got as far as four series for Hetty Wainthrop Investigates. There should have been loads of them. Should have been more. Uh, David Walliams uh, was out the other day uh, at a dinner to mark the launch of a store in London's Bond Street. And who was there? Princess Beatrice again. Is she just rent a royal now? Do you just sort of pay her 20 quid and she turns up? Or does she actually do anything? Other people there... Uh, Eva Herzegova, El McPherson, Yasmin and Amber Lebon, because Amber is the 19-year-old daughter who's just signed to the same agency that Mum's with. But what's Princess Beatrice doing there? I mean, shouldn't you be doing something intelligent? Like, sort of, I don't know, just doing something, not turning up to all these uh, free things. Jane Moore talks about uh, Anthea Turner being quite feisty in Hell's Kitchen. I know, but just, just loathed by the country. Nobody likes her or her husband. Joan Collins... Has let it be known she'd like to give the Duchess of Cornwall a makeover. She says she's looking a little matronly of late. That's a way of saying she's looking a little bit old, I'm afraid. I think whether because I thought the uh, the wedding outfit was fantastic and everybody liked the uh, the wedding outfit. It really looked good. And now, I mean, she's only sixty one, but of course, I don't know if Camilla's still chain smoking because that was the that was the story years ago, wasn't it? They said Prince Prince Charles, you know, has ditched the most beautiful woman in the world to go out with an Audrey Roberts chain smoking lookalike. Didn't quite sound the same, did it? So uh, we hope that uh, she will take it uh, on the chin, because Joan looks fantastic for 70... I don't know how old she is now, 72, 73. Fantastic. And, uh, and Declan has just bought an eco-friendly car made of wood. Wooden wheels, wooden engine, wooden body. Put in the wooden key and it wouldn't start. It's an old one, but it's a goodie, and it's the best you're going to get on a Wednesday morning on LBC 97.3. Uh, the comedian... 
Omed Dijali. I can never know how he pronounces it. Every time I get his name wrong, poor soul. But he says that as times get tougher, it's vit- uh, vitally important we have a good giggle. She says, this is Jane Moore writing, Indeed it is, but would somebody please tell the po-faced security guards who now dominate our daily lives? Recently, I went to the House of Commons to interview Labour MP Peter Kilfoyle, had my handbag searched, no problem there, and then the security woman held up my metal nail fan on the joke, don't worry, I'll try not to poke him in the eye. Well, you can, you know, you can imagine what happened next. It just went from bad to worse, I'm afraid, and she talks about it. Actually, I was just amazed at our, our security boys here, who we have coming in, even in the early hours of the morning, still managed to look... As though they're sort of, you know, wide awake. And yet you know they've done a long, long shift. And they still manage to look very smart. Always very friendly and courtly, very nice. All the people up in the canteen, fantastic. That's almost too, too worrying for words, isn't it? Uh, also the paper today, oh, lots of pictures of blue. Refor- Do you know they don't look any different? They look exactly the same as they did yesterday. Just a little bit richer, I thought. And there's a new sat-nav gadget, which we talked about yesterday, to help pensioners find their way around the shops. Dubbed Sat-Nan. It will be able to guide OAPs to special offers in supermarket aisles. Presumably, you'll have to, you'll have to pay for it. I can't see things like that being, uh, being free. Uh, Claire says, lovely to hear you talk about my home city, although the tram works are a nightmare. And Annie says, lazy mother, do McDonald's do home deliveries nowadays? As according to her, she never goes out, so who's supplying her? This is the, uh, the 29 stone lady from yesterday who was interviewed by uh, loads of people. Uh, Brian in Hampton Hill says, I love cooking with wine. Sometimes I even put it in the food. <laughs> Which is good. And uh, it was Annie who says, thank you for keeping me company on the second sleepless night. That's the trouble you see. You have children, and all of a sudden you get... Oh, my goodness me, she is huge, this woman. It's, uh, she's inside the sun this morning. This is uh, people reacting with horror at the jobless, single, 24-year-old who lives on £227 a week benefit and still manages to be this size. I mean, she's absolutely enormous. And it's amazing how people react. She says people will be outraged. And um, the idea is you shouldn't give children burgers, crisps at eight months old. The trouble is nobody tells these people how to bring up children, so they just, they just carry on blindly, I'm afraid. Uh, so that's the, uh, the sun. 32 million masks, please. Got my mask. Uh, this morning, spelled M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. Uh, if it goes ahead, they say many of your favourites will be axed. Philip Schofield will have to take a pay cut. Quite normal. I would think that would, would have already been on the cards anyway, saying, listen, you have another contract, but we can't afford to pay the same as we paid last year, and he would probably go, that's OK, because I've got so many spin-off series, the money that's coming in would be millions every year. Joan Collins is 76. Well, I'm even more depressed. Even more depressed if she's 76, because she looks fantastic for 76. I mean, absolutely wonderful. More on this wrinkle cream, but I think we've mentioned it enough, so ladies will be going everywhere to go and buy it, because that's what people do, because ladies want this, uh, this miracle cure. But the only way to stop wrinkles is to not go in the sun. And disgraced banker Fred Goodwin apparently employed a worker to fill cash machines with banknotes bearing his name. Well, I would be proud of that as well. I'd be quite impressed. Uh, The swine flu, everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. And uh, also manicures, diets and cosmetic surgery at ten years old. The Daily Mail have managed to find a load of young girls who are the ones who are addicted to these things. We've seen it on the television. We've seen spoilt children. We've seen uh, people... Who, uh, whose mothers take them away and will spend a fortune on clothes, mothers who really can't afford it many of the ta- many, many times, and they say they go out there because the children have to have it. They don't have to have anything at all. What you can do is you can actually, um, you can actually just say, no, I'm terribly sorry, you're not 
having that. Uh, Daily Star this morning, Big Brother Pig Flu Terror. I was so excited to see that it was uh, Chanel and Chantel. thought it was very funny indeed, because they've apparently been to, uh, to Cancun. And uh, now they're coming back and having tests. Not a lot I can say about that, I'm afraid. And Peter Kay stunned punters by taking to the stage in a small club. He turned up at a club to introduce pal and ex-squeeze star Chris Difford. Club treasurer Paul Clark says, I thought I was hallucinating when he jumped on stage. But maybe he thought our little club was just like Phoenix Knights. Oh, and Britney Spears is expecting. Britney Spears is expecting. And the live feed of Big Brother is going to be axed for this summer show and running only between midnight and 6am. Thank goodness. It was rubbish last time around. Every so often you get birds tweeting because the uh, the people watching go, I don't know, do they say something interesting? Probably not. Listen, I'm back with you tomorrow morning. hope it's going to be a nice day. The sun is beaming through the windows here. So I hope you have a lovely day today. If you go to lbc.co.uk you can find out all about podcasting, and you can check out all the photos and uh, all the other stuff as well. But for as little as £2 a month, you can podcast just about everything. Well, in fact, you can, plus all the special ones, including some free downloads. So uh, give that a whirl today. It'll be the best £2 you ever spend, I promise you. See you tomorrow morning. Have a nice day. Nick's with you after the news, which is next on 97.3.